happening? Guy Jr. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you? Sorry about the delay there. Not a problem. Uh, I've got Jason Rona with us here. Hey, what's up, Jason? How you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. We were um, we're, we're eating some cookies right now, Adam. <laughs> All righty. I just handed uh, Jason some strawberry shortcake cookies. Here, I'll give you one, Adam. Try it out. Yeah, you should have sent me some. My girlfriend just. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm handing it over to you right now. <laughs> All righty. We're in the same. We're in the same studio. <laughs> I was in the next room. That's right. That's right. That's right. He was in the green room. We don't have nothing in that green room. He was in area 22. <laughs> yeah. I'm in area eight. That's right. Area eight. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. So what's new with you guys? Well, you know, just recording this little thing we do every week. Gotcha. Uh, you guys have been a little busy over there at uh, Horizon PLR. Yeah, definitely. Staying super busy. I announced that you're going to be on the show, and I, you know, I asked the fans to send in their questions. And I think the number one question still to this week was about the four-wheel drive car. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm in Area 8, so they don't let me see what goes on with the electric stuff. Don't you have the script? <laughs> you don't have the script in front of you there, though? We don't comment on speculation and rumors or something? We're always working on new products and trying to develop, uh, you know, better better and innovative vehicles. And, uh, you know, I have to wait to see what, what's in the works. Love it. That was it. That was it. That's what we were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it should be nice to see the new car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> anyway, what was the um, Gotti? You had some more questions there for Adam. You said about the the race going on this weekend. Well, yeah, the second biggest question was Adam. Uh, why aren't you over at the Neo race? Um, I was planning on it um, basically all year, um, and then just some things came up as far as scheduling and testing, and um, it just just the timing and dates didn't, didn't work out, um, with it being such a long event. Um, and we have Darren and Miguel and, you know, a number of our drivers in Europe, um, that were able to go and attend. And, and also just with a number of the U S guys not going, um, I mean, it's an amazing event. I, I love going to the Neo buggy race, um, just with scheduling and, and things that needed to be tested and my responsibilities here in the office, um, it was just, it was totally my decision, but better for me to stay home and, and get the things done that I needed to work on. So, hmm. well, what really happened is, uh, the scheduling conflict would meet on the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That too. <laughs> way, way to go, Gotti. Hmm. But you said, I, I think a lot of fans would, were saying like, man, he's on a hot streak. You know, he come off the nationals with the win. You think he'd want to go over there? And just see, you know. What you yeah, do. definitely. I mean, the the Neo, like I said, it's it's always such an amazing race, and um, the one downside to it is it's always so cold. And with it being later in the year, um, you know, looking forward to to going over there and it being a little bit warmer. And again, that was that was pretty much the plan all along. And just as it got closer, um, and just uh, a lot of the things that I needed to take care of here in the office. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure I could have made it happen, but there's a lot more races coming up, um, 
you know, here domestically. So um, it, it was just better for me to to stay home and make sure I get, uh, you know, take care of the responsibilities I have here in the office. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know uh, what Gotti exactly wanted to get into, but I was going to just kind of ask Adam, like, sort of in a compact version, how, um, kind of how he got into this and where, um, um, you know, taking it all the way to, to being there with TLR and Horizon. Can you kind of give us a little, little update, Adam, how you got, got where you are right there? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I grew up in Michigan, um, but then I moved to South Carolina when I was nine. Um, started racing locally, uh, mainly in Savannah, Georgia. That was that was our closest local track, about an hour from where I lived. Um, always ran associated stuff early on. Um, it was kind of funny because a number of the guys at the local track, you know, would always joke and you know tell me leave the dark side. And um, you know, I was obviously on a on a really strict budget, being a young kid, mowing lawns, doing whatever I could to just get to the track. Um, so, you know, I kind of stuck it out for a few years and uh, running the associated stuff. I didn't run for them. It's just, uh, you know, the vehicles that I ended up getting for some reason. And uh, then eventually uh, I borrowed a buddy's uh, low-C truck um, and and really liked it. Um, it it kind of suited my driving, I guess you could say, and um, ended up buying that truck from him and then just kind of slowly converting over to to low C stuff and, uh, you know, just attended regionals and, uh, state championships. And for me, I was fortunate because at that time, uh, Savannah actually hosted three roar nationals, one in, I think 91, 92, and maybe 95 or, or somewhere right around there. And, mm-hmm. um, I used to go to winter champs every year in Tampa. Um, so, you know, I was able to go to, a a few fairly large races without having to travel too far and, um, you know, met, met the guys from low and TLR and at the winter champs, um, in, I believe it was 94, maybe it was Roar Nationals in 94 at, at Lake Park. Um, uh-huh. actually had a horrible weekend. Um, but, but met Richard Trujillo and Jack Johnson and all the guys and, um, you know, they basically were like, well, give us a call next week. You know, I had sent in a resume and stuff like that and got put on the team in 94 and have, uh, you know, been here ever since 19 years. Um, um, and then in 2000, I was living back in Michigan, going to college, uh, working for my dad, uh, servicing waste oil furnaces and then going to college at night, uh, you know, racing on the weekends, still trying to attend as many of the big races as I could around my school and work schedule and, uh, um, you know, got offered a job to to come out here and work for TLR and kind of help uh, boost or get their nitro program going. And, um, you know, I, I went for it, and that's, that's where I am today. So loving every minute of it. Hmm. I actually raced Adam a few times at the Georgia State. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. How'd, how'd you do? Back then, it was probably I was probably racing stock most of the time, and Jason was, uh, you know, more the modified guy. I would say, you know, maybe more towards uh, the 
late nineties, uh, you know, I had started racing modified and we probably raced together a number of times, but, um, yeah, so, we used to battle. The one, year I, the one year I remember was, you know, we used to go there every year and, um, it was like every year we would go later and later to practice because it was like, we would go up and I would do pretty well. And then, um, actually what's funny is, uh, the guy that works for you guys now, uh, Mike Mellon, yeah. uh, was a friend, a friend of mine and we drove up to the race together, but we drove up there with like no practice. So, and you're like kicking my ass and modified truck. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm like, who is this Adam Drake guy? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think I ended up, like, since they had triple mains, I think I ended up winning. But I was just like, I was Mm -hmm. telling Mike in the piss afterwards, I'm like, we can't come up here with no practice anymore. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't going to work. I'm like, these guys are dialed. These guys are dialed now. That's awesome. So then how long was it? when you won that, uh, that Reedy truck race, that's kind of when I remember things really making a big difference for you. Yeah, that was, uh, 1999. Um, I actually started racing gas truck, uh, like just a little bit before that. And, uh, Columbus used to have the CRCRC race every year. And, uh, the local club, you know, we would go down and race electric, but the gas truck, program was always really big like three or four heats a gas truck and it was pretty much dominated by associated so i had called richard when uh i believe it was the gtx came out and i was like hey you know i would like to get one of those you know i think uh you know it'd be cool to have have someone running the the losi truck down there and helping you know the couple guys that have them and so i got one had no idea what i was doing with you know anything nitro i just bought a a dynamite engine from the local shop and, um, Richard Saxon. I mean, everyone came to the Columbus race that year in January. And again, I mean, I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, but the Columbus race, it was kind of all about, you know, having your tires broken and sauced right. And I knew what to do from, from running electric there. So, um, that first year I ended up TQ and winning gas truck so everyone at Losi was, you know, all excited and, you know, thinking I'm this big gas guy. And they're like, we want you to come out to the Silver State. And I'm like, okay, I had never even driven a gas truck outside. I had only driven it in Columbus. Um, so, uh, yeah, I came out for that. And then shortly after that, went to the Reedy truck race kind of as the gas truck guy. And, uh went to the Reedy truck race and struggled all week in gas truck and qualified third in electric and ended up winning. Uh, I believe it was like a four way tie between Kinwall, Billy Easton, Jimmy Babcock and myself. And, uh, none of us really remembered what the throw out was cause we had like two good scores and then a, a bad one. And I was just kind of packing everything up and I was staying with Gil OC jr. And, I'm packing up, taking my tires off and stuff. And he's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just packing up so, you know, we can get out of here when, when it's done. And he's like, we may need to stick around a little bit. You need to put your tires back on your truck for photos. And I'm like, you know, okay, well, what are you talking about? And, you know, he was actually the one who told me 
that I won before, uh, you know, Jimmy had even announced it or anything like that. So that was, that was definitely kind of the kickoff race, or I guess what you could say, uh, kind of changed it from, from more of just a fun hobby to, you know, potentially turning into a, a job opportunity for me. Yeah, it was, I remember, uh, being there, it was, it was an awesome, an awesome race. And, and that was when, were you still using race prep stuff at the time? Yeah. Yeah. I used race prep motors and, uh, Novak electronics. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, still with, still with race prep. Wow. Yeah. I actually still have that truck at home. Uh, I raced it a bunch afterwards, but like I had saved the body from that race and, um, you know, after the double XT was done and we got triple XTs, I had cleaned it up and got it got it hanging on the wall at home. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah. Where'd you get that paint job from? That all kind of, like, started from the whole, like, race prep deal. Uh, you know, I used to race a lot with Pat Rossiter and Mike Dunn and all those guys, and it kind of originally started as, like, the race prep colors. Um, mm-hmm. And then just kind of slowly evolved just from having different painters over the years, everyone just kind of putting, you know, their own touches on it. It's, it's kind of changed and, uh, you know, now, uh, upgrade does all the, the wraps and graphics for, for all my bodies and stuff. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I've had it for quite some time. So, you know, you, you went, uh, you're running a lot of electric, then you became the gas truck guy. And then, um, and then you started running electric or not electric, but nitro eight scale. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you get into eight scale? Um, well, it started, uh, I actually, um, I got a car from Kyosho in like early 2000. Josh Cyril had actually just quit running for great plains and, um, he talked to John Stokes and said, Hey, you know, there's, there's a kid here in Michigan that, you know, goes to a lot of the gas races and, you know, I'm no longer going to use my car. Do you have a problem if, if I give, uh, if I give, you know, my old car to him. So John allowed him to do that. And, um, this was right before the Columbus race that year. And, uh, so I ran it there in Columbus and then, uh, I went to the Silver State a couple months later and uh, and ran the car there and met Jay Halsey, uh, which him and Mike Dunn from Race Prep were, were working together. And um, right before the World Championships in 2000, they just basically hit me up and, uh, you know, asked if I would, you know, be willing to run for them and be a part of their team. And uh, so I, I, I did that and, uh, I raced for Jay for, I think it was like seven years, almost, almost seven years, uh, you know, before TLR decided to, to work on and develop the eight. So, uh, you know, still have a good relationship with Jay to this day, uh, you know, talk to him on a regular basis. And, uh, but that's, that's kind of what got me into eight scale. I mean, back when, in the gas truck days, um, like gas truck was pretty much the premier class. I mean, at least that's how I kind of always viewed it. Um, you know, the eight scale cars weren't, weren't as durable, didn't handle as well. Um, you know, it was kind of eight scale was a secondary class. Um, but obviously the times have changed and cars have gotten better and more durable. And, um, 
you know, ACL's taken over. When did the when did you guys start working on the development of that that eight the eight uh, eight scale buggy platform? Um, it was like I don't remember the dates exactly, but it had to have been like really early 2005, maybe end of 2004. Um, you know, we had kind of talked and you know played around with the idea as eight scale became more and more popular. Um, and then you can junior got more involved with, with eight scale racing and you attended a couple euros and things like that. Um, but when we got serious about, uh, you know, talking and, and working on developing something ourselves, um, it, it had to have been, like I said, probably late, late 2004, early 2005. You know, there's been a little bit of debate over time of, who's kind of responsible for the design of that particular car? I mean, who, who are you given the credit uh, to, you know, besides, you know, besides yourself um, on, on that particular car? I mean, it was definitely a team effort. I mean, Yuka Sonari was, was the engineer in the project. Um, he's the one who, uh, you know, basically sat at the computer and designed it. Um, as far as the testing development, in input for the car, um, that was basically Gillosi Jr., Yuka, and myself uh, that did, you know, the running. Yuka would, at the time, Yuka was back and forth uh, between Finland and California, so he would design stuff. Um, we would rapid prototype it. Junior and I would build it up, um, you know, assemble it, take it apart, see how things fit, um, you know, just how, how things worked um, as far as, ease of, of maintenance, you know, taking, taking things in and out. Um, I mean, it was, it was definitely a group effort, but I would say the, the three main people that were, were involved with the eight, uh, in the very beginning was Yuka Jr. and myself. Was there a lot of variations of that design along the way, or did, did you pretty much have a sort of a clear path of where you were going? Um, I mean, we had a pretty clear path of what, what we wanted, but then once once you get a running sample, um, things change quite a bit. Um, you know, we, we did have um, a good baseline. I mean, I, I guess, you know, the 8 was somewhat based, or the idea was like, man, if we can take a double X4 and make it bigger, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's going to be pretty good. But... Um, there was still a lot of testing involved, and uh, I remember a, a number of the things that you know we prototyped and had, and um, that just didn't work. Um, you know, so we had to go a different route, um, and then just some things we learned along the way, where it kind of sparks other ideas or kind of changes your path a little bit. Um, so it, it's. With development, you know, until you get out and run it, you can think think about it in your head and, oh, this is going to be cool or this is going to work really good. But once we got out and ran, um, you know, we did have to make make some pretty substantial changes. I mean, you, you look at the car um, at this point, you guys are, you know, you went from the, the 1.0, which was, I'll call that the Travis Amescua TQ car, right? Because mm-hmm. um, that's when you guys went to the nationals in North Carolina, and he TQ'd all four rounds. Um, 
that's like the 1.0 version and the 2.0 versions the the car that Truey TQ'd the worlds with, right? Yeah. That was in North Carolina. And then now you're on the 3.0, which you won the Roar Nationals with um, just recently. But um, are you surprised that this, that the car is really, I don't know, done as well as it has or might be the best A-scale platform ever? Um. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by it. I mean, I I see and know how much work goes into it. I mean, granted, you know, all the other companies are are working hard too. But with with being here and being hands on, you know, I know how much effort goes into trying to make that platform successful. Um, I mean, early on, you you know, you question, you know, man, are we crazy? You know, we're going a different direction than. Um, you know, what most of the cars were at that time. Um, and I think that's kind of changed, um, you know, a number of the eight scale cars over the past few years. Um, you know, at, at the time when the eight came out, the big thing in eight scale was, you know, just having a car that was durable and surviving a 45 minute final, you know, you were, you were good where, I mean, we came out with a car that was just lighter, more nimble, uh, you know, jumped really well, um, and and that's kind of forced, you know, the competitors at the time to to rethink, um, you know, what at the time was their current platforms, um, and then you know tracks have changed and and the kind of the race pace has changed, so that's why we've had to make changes ourselves to kind of evolve and change with the times to to make our car maybe not as nimble feeling, um, have a little more grip and stability to be able to push it harder, um, you know, to be competitive with the other cars on the market. So um, with the team we have and and the amount of work that, you know, I see that we put in day to day, um, I'm very excited and happy, you know, that we've had the success that we have, but I wouldn't say, you know, that I'm necessarily surprised because, you know, I I know that we work very hard at it. Yeah, we had um, a question from a listener, uh, Sal in Colorado. He's on the uh, fence on. He has a, he has a chance of getting a good deal on a 2.0, but he says I'm on the fence of either getting a 2.0 or saving up and getting a 3.0. Um, I mean, the 2.0 is a good car too. I mean, it's not that um, you know just because we came out with a new car that the older version is now no good or not competitive, but. Um, you know, to be able to get more up-to-date setups and, um, you know, kind of be in the mix with the direction that we're going with newer products, um, you know, the 3.0 is the way to go. It's it's definitely a car that you can push and drive a lot harder, um, jumps and lands better. Um, but, again, the 2.0 is, is still a good car today. Um, you know, it's it's durable. It's reliable. Um but I'm glad I have a 3.0, and I don't have to make the, that decision. I mean, what what I notice about that kind of stuff is anytime you're trying to decide about a kit price, um, I think you have to look at it. It's the least of your concerns in the grand scheme of things for price. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's like, I mean, what are we talking about? Uh, you know, let's just say that, 
eight. What's the street price of an eight three point oh? Uh, $600. So if it's $600, but maybe you can get a smoking deal on a $400 2.0, and we're talking about $200, but, you know, if you just have to put gas in your car to go drive there, you got to get tires to put on your car, race entry fee. You know, in the grand scheme of things, $200 isn't a big deal. Yeah, um, exactly. So if you have to look at things that way... Um, I always say, you know, don't cheap out on your kit. You know, just save a few bucks it, because it's in the end, you know, in this hobby, you know, it's it's a great hobby, but you're going to spend some money. Yeah, and, yep, absolutely. Um, so you might as well do it right. Yep, that's, that's a very good point. Good job, Jason. <laughs> I'm sold. Get the 3.0. <laughs> I gotta give it. I gotta give everybody the sales pitch. <laughs> it, I mean, it's totally true, though. I mean, when you figure, you know, you you put a tank of gas in in your car to to go drive, um, you know, to get to the track for the weekend, and you get a new set of tires, and you get a gallon of fuel, um, you know, that the difference that he's gonna save on buying a you know 2.0 versus 3.0. Um, you're going to be a lot happier having the latest and greatest thing out there, um, you know, versus, versus saving that little bit of money. Because, I mean, let's face it, a, 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 a new car will last a long time. So over the span of the life of that vehicle, you're not talking that much of a difference. And I like when people start with a fresh car because I don't like when you inherit somebody else's problems. It's yeah, like, exactly. You know, it's like I see so many times people that race by us and they're like, well, I got this uh, I got this brand new B44 off of eBay. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. And, you know, and you see it right away and you're just like, oh, geez. And it's like yeah. the guy can't finish a qualifier because, um, you know, it's just you inherited somebody else's problem. Yeah, you, wanna, you want the full experience of you know, opening the, uh, the kit and seeing how things are packaged and, and knowing that it's built right and it's new, you know, is, is something already bent or you just don't get the, the same experiences as if it was, was new. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we got one of the 3.0s at the shop and, uh, and, you know, we were playing with it and, and, uh, you know, I'm playing with the shop towers cause we were, um, working on some carbon fiber towers for it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is nice how this little plastic insert sits in the shop tower. And, you know, and like, you know, you're kind of geeking out about all the little features. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it's tough to do that when you buy the pre-built hammered one. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, there's your answer, Sal. Of course, we don't know what kind of deal he's getting. Maybe he's getting a real good deal on a (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. He didn't say. Uh, Jason, you got anything else there? Do you want me to skip around on these? Yeah, skip around with some questions. I I mean, I can keep going, but questions would be good. Uh, Nathan Ong uh, asked, could one 10-scale gas truck ever make a comeback, Adam? You know, I I wish that it could. Um, I know that may sound kind of strange to some people, but um, to me... Those were some of the funnest days. Like the thing with gas truck is, 
I mean, they needed to be more durable than what they were. Um, but on the other hand, because you had to kind of be careful and, you know, not hit something too hard or you would pop a ball cup off or, or something like that, you know, it, it kind of taught driver etiquette. Um, it, I don't know. I, I, I really miss gas truck. I mean, I, I love eight scale and being able to just push it and there basically be no fear of, uh, really breaking anything. Um, but gas truck was a really, really good stepping stone class for nitro because, you know, right now, yeah, there's, there's different classes as far as, you know, sportsman, intermediate and expert, but there's really no stepping stone. Um, you know, it's not like there's a stock eight scale and then a modified eight scale. I mean, you go into the shop and, um, regardless of your skill level, you can buy the fastest engine, um, you know, the highest nitro content fuel and, and go out and it can be discouraging because it's, yeah, you have the best of the best, but your skill level doesn't quite, you know, meet, meet that same level as, as the product. And with gas truck, it kind of, you know, gets your feet wet. It's, you know, obviously cheaper, um, engines, tires, fuel, things like that. Um, but it, it teaches you the basics of tuning an engine, um, you know, learning, the clutch and setting up the clutch and um, also just kind of creates, you know, some driver etiquette because you can't just go out and because you see a top guy jumping some triple, just give it a handful of throttle and get over it. And gas truck, you know, you do that and you would spin out before you hit the jump. So, um, I mean, as far as gas truck goes, I mean, I think it would be really cool for it to, to come back, but I think in order for that to happen, you know, two or three of the manufacturers would have to to get together and basically re-release or relaunch yeah. gas truck together, and and I don't see that that happening. Um, I think if you know just TLR or just Associated came out with a new gas truck, it it wouldn't really do anything unless it had you know competition. Um, but um, definitely had a lot of good times running gas truck and, and it would be really cool to, you know, to see it come back, but I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Okay. We're going to try something a little different here too. We got, we're going to try it and see if we can patch in a caller. Okay. That'll work. Let's see if this caller is on the line here. Are you there caller? Yes. There we go. Uh, state your name, where you're from and a question for Adam. Yeah. Um, Mitch Coppola from, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. I think you just got caught you talking about gas truck, but uh, if uh, Adam ever does 10 scale anymore um, or in the near future, would he do 10 scale? Um, yeah, I still do a little bit of 10 scale. Not, not much, um, especially because the weather's generally so nice in Southern California. Um, you know, I like to go, go outdoors and, and uh, you know, my responsibilities at work are to focus on the nitro stuff, but when the weather's bad, I mean, I do have a 22. Um, I do still uh, run it from time to time, just locally. Um, also, a little bit of four-wheel short course, uh, so Rhonda and I can get out and uh, bang doors with one another a little bit at IRC and some of the other local tracks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I love running 10 scale. I wish uh, you know I had more time to do it, but but with my schedule and how much I travel. For eight scale, uh, it just doesn't leave leave a whole lot of time for it. But um, 
I definitely miss running 10-scale electric. That's, uh, you know, where I started and, and what I've had a lot of fun running. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had a few questions through email about that, like if you ever plan on getting back in the 10-scale. So pretty well summed that up right there. But Yeah, I actually, uh, I mean, when I first when I first came to work for Horizon, I did a lot of both. Um, but years ago, there was you know, three or four major electric races and pretty much the same for nitro. So it was, it was a lot easier to kind of go back and forth and do both. But now with, with me attending so many, uh, smaller or big regional nitro races, um, there, there's just so many races nowadays that it's, it's just better for me to focus on one and try to, to do the best job that I can instead of, you know, bouncing back and forth and, um, you know, trying to prepare everything. I know Mayfield tells the story occasionally. He's like, I remember this year Adam came out to the AZ States and just kicked our ass in electric. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know how it happened or what I was doing. He goes, but he just destroyed us. <laughs> it was, it was kind of funny because like Travis Amescu at the time he was he was kind of our electric guy. And then, you know, I was the, the nitro guy and Travis was going to the race and, you know, just basically twist my arm, convince me to go out there. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just more of a fun laid back weekend. Cause I had kind of started to slow down with running, um, electric and, uh, you know, SRS is obviously Mayfield's home track and, has had a lot of success there and, uh, we, we had some pretty good races, but, um, yeah, that, that was actually one of my last electric races and, uh, it w- went there and everything went well and ended on a high note. And I'm like, that, that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, caller, do you have any other questions for Adam or Jason? Uh, yeah, that was it. Just, uh, yeah, appreciate your time and, uh, thanks for answering the question. No problem. Anytime. Thank you. How do you like that, Jason? That was pro. I'm starting to learn how to patch these calls in. I think that's how he disconnected us earlier. I was trying to... <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time on the show, Adam, you answered a call-in question there. Very cool. Um, I had a question from Andrew in Maine, uh, touching on the electric part there that you were talking about. Do you have any input at all, he's asking... Uh, like for instance, he mentions here the 2.0. Do you have any input at all as far as the 2.0 or any new car kits on the electric side? Um, like I didn't do any testing or development with the 2.0, but I obviously talk with the with the guys, uh, engineers, project managers, and and just the drivers in general. Um, and you know if they have questions, concerns, or you know they're looking for the car to to do something better. Um, you know, I, I try to help out or give my two cents, I should say. Um, but I don't, I don't go out with them and, you know, do the testing and development for the electric stuff. Um, you know, but if, if there is something that, that I can help with or that I remember from years ago that, you know, we maybe switched from this material to that. And, um, you know, I, I do try to help out with that, but, um, it's very limited on the electric side. Uh, Brad Shearer asks, have you helped at all with the de- development of the new four-wheel drive buggy? <laughs> we, 
which four-wheel drive buggy? Uh, I've got to sift through these four-wheel drive questions. <laughs> I got a few more um, while you're looking those up. Um, I've been writing stuff down here kind of as we're going. And, uh, you know, one of them I wanted to bring up, um, I guess I was at the top of the list here, was uh, if you could just talk about Rhonda a little bit and her um, her racing and how you guys kind of share that common hobby. You know? Yeah, it's, I mean, we, we have, a, a, you know, a lot of fun being able to – to share, uh, you know, the hobby that we both kind of grew up, um, you know, enjoying from little kids till now. It's kind of funny because I think a lot of people think, you know, Rhonda and I started dating, got married, and I got her into racing, and, and that's okay. not the case at all. She actually um, started racing before me. Um, obviously, she grew up in California. I grew up in Michigan and South Carolina. Um, but the cool thing is, you know, we met through racing, um, you know, racing locally here in Southern California, doing Saturday series and, you know, club racing at the dirt and Hemet. Um, you know, we met, became good friends, um, you know, and eventually, you know, started dating, got married. Um, and now, you know, we're able to travel and go to a, a number of the local and regional races together. And, uh, you know, she does like Nitro Challenge, Silver State, uh, nationals, things like that if they're on the West Coast. Um, so it's it's pretty awesome to be able to, um, you know, not only do it together, but have someone that understands, you know, the long nights in the garage or late nights at the track, you know, trying to figure stuff out. Um, you know, she understands, like, you know, that's just what I'm all about. And, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty cool. We're, we're a good team and uh, have a lot of fun you know, racing together. You know, lots of times I, when you're at some of those travel races, I'll go in the trailer and I, I see you working on your cars, two or three cars, and then you're, you know, helping her with hers. And I always say that you make us all look bad, like, <laughs> wrenching on all those cars, helping her out. She's doing well with her racing. I'm like, man, this guy, Adam is just killing us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes I'm killing myself when uh when things aren't going well. But um again, a lot of fun. I mean it's uh for me it's it's more nerve wracking like watching or pitting for her because, you know, I want for her to enjoy herself and to do the best that she can. Um so it's funny a lot of times you know, she'll be working on some or making a change and I'll just basically grab it from her, let me do it, you know, and you know, I want it to be the best that it can be, but um, yeah, a, a lot of fun, but sometimes at, uh, at the major races, it, it can be a little overwhelming at times. It's, uh, it's funny when, you know, some of our team members, um, you know, they just want to run nitro and buggy, like at nitro challenge, for example, I'm like, well, why don't you run e-buggy too? Oh, it's just too much. And I'm like, you're, you're talking to the wrong person. If you're saying it's too much, you know, when, yeah. when, I'm there running, running all three and then Rhonda's running two or three and then helping with the team stuff. And, um, but I don't know. I, I think that's just how I am. I just, I'm used to staying busy and, and having a lot to do. And, um, you know, that's, that's just kind of how I am and, and what works for me. Yeah. I mean, I think lots of times what I see is people, don't, um, you're seeing it as an opportunity to run an extra class because, at races like that, there's not additional, you know, there's not a lot of practice and then yeah. you know, tire test, tire testing and the track changes. And you're seeing it as an opportunity where most people are like, I don't have time for that. 
Yeah, definitely. And and I think a, a lot of people, like especially at Nitro Challenge this year, when, um, you know, we got five minutes of practice in truck and no practice in buggy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I heard it so many times, like, man, I should have ran e-buggy. And it's like, why wouldn't you run it, it anyway? Like, oh, like right. just like you said, I mean, you know, testing tires, um, just more laps on the track. Um, you know, yeah, I definitely look at it as an opportunity instead of more work. Um, you know, I, I look at it as it's going to help me in the other two classes that, you know, are more the main focus classes, but you know, everything's still important. You know, if, if we make those vehicles or sell tires or motors or batteries or speed controllers for, for those vehicles, it's, it's all important. So very true. All right. Let's skip around here. A few more questions. Um, Jason, you must've been looking at my questions. Mitchell Capilli asks, what is it, what is it like being married to Rhonda? You already answered that. There you go, Mitchell. I have a question about the kind of around there is the, um, I, I noticed on Facebook, you got a new dog. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> Harry. Um, I, I I think those are like the coolest dogs. What a, it's a it's a husky, right? Uh, it's actually a Malamute. We have uh, we have a purebred husky, um, and then we had a husky Malamute mix um, that was the son of the purebred husky that we have. Um, and he passed away um, two weeks after the Nationals, actually the Sunday of AMS uh, when I got home. Mm-hmm. And um, Rhonda had a, a purebred Malamute when she was young, and she's always talked about, you know, I want a Malamute, you know, whenever the time comes when we we need another dog. And um, when, when our dog passed away, um, you know, obviously we were sad and bummed out and and so was the other dog that we had. Um, so uh, that's uh, that was Rhonda's anniversary present, uh, a new Malamute puppy. Harry. Yep. Cool. Um, listener uh, Joe Ivo asks, who in your personal opinion is the most underrated off-road racer? Um, most underrated? Um I don't know. I mean, it's in, in off-road, uh, I don't know. It put me on the spot. I need to think about it a little bit. I don't know. I would say, uh, someone who kind of flies under the radar, doesn't get, get a ton of attention. Um, you know, up until recently has been Dakota. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he has his nicknames, the phenom and this and that, but you know, a lot of guys, you know, or like, yeah, he's got a lot of speed, but he can't hold it together and this and that. And then obviously he, you know, he, he proved a number of those people wrong, um, you know, just recently at the nationals. But, um, I mean, I guess he would be the first one that, that kind of pops in my head. Um, you know, he's obviously won a number of races, you know, before, um, two wheel drive at the Roar nationals a couple of weeks ago. But, um, this, this is the first, you know, major, major in a premier class, uh, races that he's won, you know, he's won cactus and things like that and four wheel short course and won the eight scale electric nationals, um, you know, the week before the, the 10 scale nationals. But, um, I think, I mean, from watching like at the Reedy race 
in some of the other races earlier in the year. It's, you know, he's able to qualify well, but um, doesn't really get the respect in the mains that, that I think a lot of times he deserves. He kind of gets beat around. He's kind of the, the new guy, you know, up towards the front. Um, so, I mean, he does get a lot of credit, but as, as being a, a top guy capable of winning the races, um, Dakota would be the, the one that pops into my head first. Actually, Adam, just say Joe Ivo is the most underrated. On <laughs> Joe Ivo is the most underrated. Racer. There you go. That's the answer I think he was looking for. Jason Rona. Maybe Jason Rona. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, D- Dakota next week on the show. Very cool. We all heard who was the most overrated. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Who was that again? Go ahead, Jason. Our old, Set uh, it our up. Old- our old buddy uh, Matt um, coming on for his, for an episode. He was giving us his uh, his uh, his overrated list, his top ten overrated list of all time. But this was any sport. He was picking football, basketball, RC. Well, that's and, pretty good. Uh, I mean, I guess just being on that list, if it's you know, yeah, that's that's a privilege. Um, you know, just to be even on that list. And I thought it was just, just for RC people. Yeah. He was, you know, it's like, you know, uh, Tim Tebow and, you know, um, Dwight Howard, you know, he's, that's the list. And then, but, uh, God, he might have the clip. Yeah. I can play that for the, uh, for the listeners here that might not know, not know what we're talking about. Here we go. I got Adam Drake, uh, number seven. Ooh. Listen, I'm going to say this. Adam Drake, he got out of electric and he took, you know, nitro. He jumped on the nitro bandwagon at the right time. When no, none of the really, really, really fast guys were running nitro and he would win all these races. I can't even believe he's still relevant to this day, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I, you get a lot of comments too, you know, him and Rhonda, like if they had a child, it'd be like this super RC child. I, I think he's a C minor at best, you know, with that kind of beam pool going on there. So, um, you know, that's just my thought on that. Whoa. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. How do you respond to that? Uh, when does he want to race? <laughs> <laughs> what you, you should say is, I heard he's a C main lover at best. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It's uh, that's not the first time I've heard it. Probably not the last. Well, when you won the nationals, Matt contacted me right away and he said, "Hey, is there any way you could edit that out of the show?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, that's like, awesome. yeah, he's like, oh man, my list. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sorry, I I disappointed him. Yeah, I was like, man, you know he's won like three times, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Uh, How much time do you have, Adam? Oh, I'm I'm fine with whatever. Okay. Whatever you guys need. Let me just bounce around here. Um, Ethan, Stiff, what's the first thing you do when you get back to the pits after a race? And then somebody underneath him says... He turn marshals, duh. Um, I would say, <laughs> I would say the first thing is just, uh, you know, try to reflect on the run. Um, 
you know, what things were, were good, what things were bad, um, you know, what changes you want to make. I, I, I see guys a lot of times, you know, they come back to the pits and, you know, got to go smoke a cigarette and do everything else. Well, I mean, for me, while it's fresh on my mind, I want to come back and kind of, you know, check my lap times, look at the, uh, the sheets and, uh, and just kind of reflect on the run, you know, what things could I have done better? Um, you know, what things were good. Um, and, uh, I, I would say that's, that's pretty much it. Just kind of, you know, reflect on the run and, and try to get my ideas and plan of attack for the, for the next qualifier. Uh, Carlos, we have, oh my God, I, I don't know how to pronounce these last names. I'm terrible at pronouncing last names and we have, our listeners have the longest last names or ones I just can't even word out. But anyway, Carlos, <laughs> he says, uh, when you're gluing your tires, um, I noticed some people, they make two little holes 180, 180 degrees apart. Usually these holes are made in the center of the tire contact patch. I recently saw a photo of year 3.0 where you, uh, where your air vent holes were almost all the way to the tire sidewall. Have you noticed a difference in performance versus center vent holes? Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's performance difference. I just sometimes, uh, especially when I run like a smaller pin tire, um, or if it's a long main, I'll, I'll vent it on the outside. Um, just because the center of the tire always wears the fastest, um, and the outside generally you always have pin left. So I just, I'll just punch it on the outside. Um, or if, you you pull the tires out of the package. It's just easier to, you know, punch it on the outside. Um, and then the other thing is with the TLR wheels, we have a vent hole in the wheel. So it, it already vents the tire already, but sometimes you'll get a little bit of dust and dirt in the vent hole in the wheel. And then that dust and dirt travels around the sidewall of the tire and it can basically get removed from the tire faster instead of having to travel all the way around to the, to the center. But, but as far as performance goes, no, not, no, uh, no real advantage or disadvantage. Um, Lathan asked, uh, Lathan asked, uh, when do you know a platform is obsolete and time to start working on a new one? Um, I mean, for one, you, you know, you, you try to have, uh, you want to have not too long of a life cycle because people get basically bored with, um, with what you've got. Um, but also just as, as tracks or times change, um, you know, your competition, I would say slightly dictates that a little bit, you know, if someone comes out with something that's just really good and, you know, making it really difficult to beat, it kind of makes you work, work a little bit harder, or kind of push to, um, you know, get products out quicker. But for us, we, we generally have a um, kind of a common life cycle with our products. Um, you know, we we want to come out with stuff, uh, you know, to keep the consumers interested. And, and uh, you know, so it, it's a balance. So you don't want to come out with too much new stuff to where they um, feel like they're always having to buy buy a new car every year. But you also want to keep it fresh and exciting. Um, but if a, a platform's still working well and you're able to just kind of make some small hop up and still be competitive and win races, um, you know, you can, you can always extend it a little bit. 
kind of leads to the question I had. I was just thinking was um, when you're at these races, obviously, um, you know, I, I was thinking about this before, and you know, when you've been either sponsored or supported by somebody for so long that you you already know what car you're going to use, or you know that you're you know you're using the TLR. What car out there on the nitro scene? Um, do you always watch that? I mean, it's either impressive or if you didn't have any um, affiliation with TLR that you'd consider running? Um, I mean, it's hard to say because it, 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 to me, it kind of depends on the area. I mean, in Europe, the Mugen car is obviously really strong, um, you know, tends to perform well. But in the U.S., it, it's a very popular car, but they don't they don't have many top level guys to probably show its its true potential but it's obviously a good right. car a lot of consumers run it um but to me i mean when i'm at a race it's not that i'm necessarily looking you know at a specific brand or watching it's it's more of you know watching who's who's going fast that weekend you know whether it's ty dakota ryan ryan jared um you know it's 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 more of just it doesn't matter which brand it is it's whatever's going fast that weekend that's that's what you're you know paying attention to and and seeing what you can can learn or or notice anything that they've maybe changed um you know from the last race that's that's working to their advantage uh r c life megan asks what would be your ideal place to practice test tune and race um I mean I do a lot of testing at thunder alley um it's, it's awesome facility. It's fairly close for uh, for us here. Um, I also test a lot at ProLines Test Track um, and uh, and also Revelation. Um, I I guess I couldn't really say like one specific place is ideal because when you're developing products, you you need to you know to try them at at so many different tracks and and under so many different conditions to make sure that. Uh, you know the customers who end up getting the end product are are happy with it in all conditions um, but I mean, I just enjoy racing in general and uh um, you know any any track's good with me, but I am supposed to give a plug about uh the rev it up weekend that I'm coming to in uh Tallahassee um, the weekend of september twenty eighth and twenty ninth I got an email earlier uh asking if I could give a plug for that. So looking forward to coming to Florida and racing with everyone, and uh should be a fun weekend. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, looks like a really nice track. Um, we actually were going to have a, a summer tour event there, but we got rained out, but I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, the driver's stand and facility looks really, really nice. Looking forward to it. Uh, Matt Peterson asks, what's, what's your favorite race? Um... Favorite race, that would either be, um, I mean, I enjoy every race, but I think probably my favorite would be the Dirt Nitro Challenge just because it's, it's the first race of the year. It's the kickoff race. It reminds me of, of the winter champs back in the day um, in Florida. Um, you know, there's just a lot of hype and anticipation. Guys, Some guys have switched teams or, you know, running a different engine or running different tires, and you don't really know what, what guys have done in the off season. So, to me, that's probably the most exciting race, but um, 
you know, as far as prestige, um, you know, the Roar Nationals is, is always up there. Um, and, you know, Neo Buggy is also a great race, but um, I would probably say the Dirt Nitro Challenge would be the the one that kind of has the most excitement uh, just because it's, it's kickoff, you know, major race of the year for Nitro. I was um, thinking about something one day that really I was going to confirm with you about, but, um, you know, we talked about earlier that she had already won, you know, four, or I'm sorry, three, four nationals in eight-scale buggy. But what I was wondering was is I couldn't remember if you had been in the main at the Worlds. And I wanted to say it was no, and if you're... Yeah, I have. I've made the the world's okay. final in both uh, eight scale nitro and also uh, ten scale two wheel drive. Um, what was the what eight scale worlds were you at? Thailand. Okay, oh. I, didn't, I didn't even know you went to Thailand. I forgot about. Yeah, Thailand. Uh, Thailand. I qualified. I think third and finished seventh. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that one. It was um, was was Fisher qualified fourth or fifth? You guys are really close, yeah, I right? think so. Yeah, yeah. We'll go and check that off the list. Uh, Rodney in New York wants to know what do you do with all your trophies? Uh, we actually uh, um, we gather a bunch of them um, like here in the office, and there's a local trophy company that we donate them to, and then they basically recycle them um, and use them for like special Olympics and, and other uh, types of events like that. And they basically break them down, whatever parts are, um, you know, common parts that they can reuse. Um, obviously with plaques and stuff like that, you, it's, you can't really do it. I mean, number of the plaques and stuff I keep or, um, you know, if I'm at a race and, there's a young kid, you know, wants an autograph or something, you know, I'll sign the trophy and give it to him. But, um, you know, the major race wins, um, you know, obviously hang on to those and keep them. Um, and some of the smaller races, um, you know, hang on to them. It seems like you hang on to it. And then when it's time to clean the garage, it's like, ah, do I really need this? Um, and you know, it's, it's, it sucks and it's sad to say, but, you know, when you've been racing a long time, um, you know, you end up with, with a bunch of trophies that are just taking up space. So, um, you know, if I can, I, I, I'll sign them and give them away. Um, or the, the really special ones I'll, I'll keep. You already threw away that Thailand one. <laughs> no, it's actually, uh, <laughs> I do have that, but it's kind of buried. <laughs> Where'd you put the Nationals uh, trophy, uh, trophy recently? I actually have, uh, like, there's basically in our in the house, there's nothing RC except uh, one little really? area. Um, I mean, the garage is jam-packed with RC stuff everywhere. I have so many of my old cars and trophies and stuff like that all all around uh, kind of the border, top, top edge of the garage. But in the house, it's basically no RC except... Uh, when you walk in the entryway, um, up above that, there's like a little tile area. And then the second floor of our house, um, there's kind of like a little walkway that overlooks the entryway into the front door on one side and then living room on the other. Um, but it's basically like a little bridge. And then on top of the entryway, 
Uh, there's a little tile area, like I said, and, and I have a few uh, of, like, you know, most important trophies, Neo Buggy, um, you know, Roar Nationals, my Reedy Truck Race from 99, you know, first first major race I ever won, and, and then all my cars from, like, the Nationals and stuff like that. So it's a little probably, I don't know, four by eight foot area that you don't really see unless you're coming down the stairs, um, you know, from upstairs, but, um, I have a little special area for them. So nothing in the house though. Interesting. People don't know, but Adam actually bought Kobe Bryant's old house over in California. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Wow. Cool. (laughs) Damn. We're still in negotiations. I haven't signed all the papers yet. Oh, oh, I, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> okay. Uh, another question I had was, uh, you guys, I've, people have been asking me this at the races, um, you know, with associated release and the classic RC 10, have you guys ever considered any classic vehicles from the Lofi days? I mean, we, we've talked about it, um, you know, especially with, um, you know, associated doing it, but, um, I, I think it's a cool thing that they're doing, but, um, you know, as far as the amount of work and effort that would have to go into it, uh, versus the return, um, it's just one of those things that, you know, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I, I don't know if we would ever do that, um, you know, we have talked about it, but but I don't see that happening. Uh, I mean, the RC10 had such a huge following. I mean, it was pretty much a household name, kind of like the T-Max, um, you know, mm-hmm. of, of today, um, which, you know, we've had a lot of successful vehicles in the early days as well. But, um, and I think that there are a number of people that, you know, would be into it and buy it, but um, enough to to dig out the old molds and, and go about doing it. I don't think so. Not, not with, um, you know, how many of the newer and current platforms that we're working on. Um, I I don't see that happening. Always working to improve. And what's the, what's the phrase again? We're always testing and developing new products. (laughs) We'd have to change it to always testing old, old product. Yeah. Always testing and developing old product. <laughs> I was testing with and coming out with old and discontinued product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then my last question is uh, that I had written down was, how in the hell do you get such good gas mileage? It's an ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um. I mean, yeah, without giving anything away, over time, what's what have you determined makes uh, the difference in that area? Are you talking anyway, engine, clutch, pipes, fuel? I mean, it's, your... it's a combination of everything, and that's that's something that's, I think, a lot of times hard for people to understand. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just he never pulls full throttle, or, um, <laughs> you know, it's but it, it ends up being just a combination of everything. I mean, having the right clutch set up, um, you know, having an engine that, you know, provides enough power to where you're able to drive more efficiently. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the fuel helps a lot. Um, our vehicle helps a lot. Our drivetrain, 
Um, I mean, it's it's a combination of everything. I mean, the Novorossi engines obviously, you know, provide really good runtime, um, the nitrotain fuel, um, and then just just our vehicle. But I mean, there. I wish that there almost was more some secret that you know when I'm done racing I could sell off to people. But um, it, it's it's just kind of a combination of everything. I mean, it's, it's funny cause a lot of people will comment like, Oh, he runs a four mil restrictor. And I mean, that's, that's not the case. Like one of the things that's, it's kind of funny is I think it was that like sidewinder last year, um, Mayfield had commented like, man, have you, have you changed something with your engines? Like before your stuff was always slow and now you have like really good power. And a lot of that was right around the time when we were testing and developing the 3.0. And um, with the 3.0, I needed more power. Um, You know, the engines that I ran previously um, ran good, but my fuel mileage got quite a bit worse um, just because I was having to drive deeper in the trigger. Um, So I actually worked with Novorossi and started using engines that in the past maybe wouldn't have had as good a fuel mileage um, because they were a little overpowered and uh, I would drive out of control. Um, but it's, it's just a combination of everything. And it's, it's just having a power and power band that um, is enough power to, to do all the jumps and have enough speeds where you don't have to overdrive your car. Um, and then the package of, you know, the fuel and drivetrain and, and everything else. You know, there's people that have told me before, they're like, well, if you look at this car, it looks like it's hard to drive. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I I started to get the point of, you said people sometimes say, look at his cars, they look hard to drive. Yeah, like you're not, like you, you can't drive very far into the trigger because you're, you know, your, your, your car's generating a lot of power. And then you're not, you know, you're not driving very hard. But I mean, when I watch, I don't really see that. Like to me, it seems like it'd be tough to drive like that, especially winning the nationals. Would you consider your stuff hard to drive? No, not at all. I mean, I don't think that I necessarily drive as hard as some other people. But I mean, you look at Ty Testman. I mean, he's to me one of the smoothest guys out there, um, Mm -hmm. but doesn't get exceptionally good fuel mileage. I mean, he's not that he gets bad fuel mileage, but you know, he's kind of right, right on par with, with everybody else. Everybody else. Um, and, um, but again, it's, I mean, he runs a different engine, a different car. Uh, I mean, we do run the same fuel. Um, I would be curious to see if I just handed my car to Ty, what his fuel mileage would be. I mean, versus what his lap times are. You know, I think he would be able to still be within that box of competitive lap times but have better fuel mileage than what than what he has uh okay. you know with with his car and engine but um I mean some of it's how how I drive or how I pull the the trigger but it's it, more than anything, it's it's just the total package of stuff that I run because, I mean, I remember years ago when, when I ran for Trinity and ran the Pico engines and Trinity fuel and stuff like that. I always had good power. Everything was good, but I never had as good a fuel mileage as everyone else. Um, 
and there was a number of races that I lost because of that or ran out of gas. And so I kind of learned that, Hey, wait, this is pretty important. Like, you know, I need to figure out, um, you know, how to make this better. And, you know, some of the products that I use have changed, but also, you know, I've learned to, to drive and run a clutch setup that engages a little bit smoother. So the engine's not over revving as much and burning as much fuel. And, um, but if I hand my car to other people, it's not like it's going to be broken and so much different that, um, you know, how does he drive this? It's, um, years ago, uh, we were at the dirt nitro challenge when it was still in Hemet and, uh, Brian Kinwald was on the team. This was gas truck days. And, you know, mm-hmm. Brian had his set ways of he ran an unsprung clutch. He ran no pressure line. He ran just pretty much the complete opposite setup with his engines from what I ran. He ran slide carb. I ran rotary. I ran a sprung clutch. His was unsprung. I ran pressure. He ran no pressure. And, uh, you know, that's what worked for Brian. That That was good. Well, Brian ended up breaking in a in warm up of a qualifier, and I was in the next race and was standing there warming my stuff up. And I'm like, "Do you want to just drive my truck?" And this was, you know, I don't know, ninety nine, two thousand, something like that. And today that wouldn't fly, but back then it was like, you know, okay, we'll just drag and drop, and you know, yeah. you, you run Adam's truck. And Brian went out and TQ'd the round, and he's like, "I never would have thought your stuff." would have drove and felt like that. Like everything that I don't like is what you run, but yet the way you set your linkage and the way it all comes about, it really wasn't that much different. And I I think it would be the same way if I handed someone, you know, my car today. I just tell him, Adam, it's a slightly larger gas tank. (laughs) Yeah. I I get that all the time too. You know, Oh, he runs a truggy tank and I'm like, okay, well, how's that? You know, past past tech it's it's funny because at all the major races where they check tanks because i know you know people are are basically looking for that you know he's got to be running a bigger tank like i generally always make it a point to make sure i'm way undersized um (laughs) with with my fuel capacity because the last thing i want to do is be standing around you know at the nationals or nitro challenge and well, he's over by a CC. We got to let it cool down and people going, yep, I told you, see, you know, that's, that's why he gets the fuel mileage. And, and, uh, that's where he gets so. the extra treatment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, cause it was, it was kind of funny this year. Uh, you know, they had teched, uh, Mike, Mike's car, Cody's car and my car and Cody and I passed right away. And then, uh, Mike's car, they had to let cool down. And, uh, you know, then people are, you know, are they going to DQ? It's like, you just don't want to want to deal with that. So for me, uh, you know, the extra 10 or 12 seconds of runtime you're going to get from, from a little extra fuel line, it's not, not worth it. So. All right. Uh, we got a caller on the line. Caller, uh, state your name. Where are you from? Uh, John Bernard Jr. calling from rainy Jacksonville, Florida. How's it going? John Bernard, what's up? Hey, man. How, how many questions am I allowed? Yeah, go ahead. Run through them quick. Well, okay. Let's see. First question. Did, did Kirby show up? No, of course not. Of course. <laughs> Next question. 
Next question. Like, like uh, God knows, I'm actually sitting here building a car myself, and I was wondering, as, as often as you rape at him, uh-huh. how often are you rebuilding your car, and then how often are you actually building yourself a new car? Um, I actually don't like building uh, like complete brand new kit. I, I pretty much just rebuild. Um, I, I mean, I have a couple cars um, with how much I travel and stuff like that. That way, if um, you know, I have back-to-back races um, and don't have time to rebuild, um, you know, I can I can run a different car. But it kind of depends on on the size of the race. I mean, obviously for nationals, Nitro Challenge, Silver State, um, you know, pretty much completely rebuild the car to start the week for, for a race like that. Um, but as far as for like JBRLs and Psycho Nitro Blast and more regional type races, um, you know, just pretty much clean it off, you know, check, make sure, you know, there's no bearings that are uh, getting gritty, you know, fresh diff fluid, things like that. Um, I mean, I, I do quite a bit of maintenance, just more as preventative, just, you know, checking things over and making sure, uh, you know, nothing's tweaked or bent or anything like that. But um, everyone's different. I mean, Mike Cherry, for example, I think he would kind of prefer rather just run his car until it's done and then, uh, you know, build a brand new kit. Um, But for me, I I just kind of replace parts as I go or or as I need, uh, you know, fresh arms or something like that. Um, and I guess my next question is, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for a very long time and I think Jason's actually answered this before. How or where was the strangest place that someone recognized you? Um, we were actually at the airport. Um, I don't remember where it actually was, but, uh, someone recognized me, asked if they could take a picture with me. Um, and asked me to sign somewhere sitting in like the food court, you know, eating pizza or whatever. And the, the funny thing about it was there was like an older lady there and she was asking the person who was taking the picture, who is that guy? Should I get my picture taken with him too? Like, is he someone famous? And I'm just like laughing, like I'm not someone famous. Like, trust me, you don't want your picture taken with me. And that just made her even more like, well, hold on. Well, let me just get my picture taken. Like she didn't even know who I was, but because someone else wanted their picture taken with me, she wanted her picture taken taken with me. So that was probably the strangest, strangest place, or strangest thing, I should say. Not necessarily strangest place, but <laughs> that's crazy. And I guess let's see. Um, like I've been doing this a long time, and you've definitely been doing it way longer than me. Um, there, there are many occasions where I get up and I know I gotta, you know, I have to have a good run. Do you still get nervous ever, or I mean, do you shake before, or after? I mean, do you ever get get those jitters during a race? Um, I mean, I think everyone gets some, um, you know, from time to time. It's, I think, as you do it, the more you do it, you know, the more you're just you kind of in your zone, or I mean, you're just focused on the task at hand. It's, uh, but I think everyone still, you know, from time to time, um, you know, gets gets the jitters or a little bit nervous. Um, I would say more, more so like, you know, when you need a run or you're, you've made a bunch of changes and you're not totally sure on, on the direction you went. Um, but once you're, once you're on the stand and there's nothing you can really do at that point, except, you know, do the best that you can do, uh, 
you know, you just kind of deal with it and, and make the best of it. Uh, cool. Um, let's see. Just two more. I'm not going to take up your whole show. Um, but you do travel a lot. You're, you're pretty much probably somewhere different every weekend. Have you ever forgotten where you were? Um, I haven't forgotten where I'm at, but uh, there, there has been a number of times where people are like, oh, how'd it go last weekend? And I'm like, where was I last weekend? Um, <laughs> but no, I, I don't, uh, I've never forgotten where I'm at. Um, but a lot of times when it's, you know, back to back to back races, um, and then in between all the races, you know, being in the office and, um, you know, trying to send call tags from the last race and send stuff out for the next race. Um, you know, it can get a little bit hectic and, uh, you know, it's, when I have a bunch of races coming up, it's like you have to look ahead, um, you know, and check your calendar and stuff, but you also don't want to look too far ahead and get, get overwhelmed. But, uh, but yeah, sometimes uh, I may lose track of time or where I was at, but not where I'm at at the current time. Jason <laughs> um, uh, will like this. Have you ever used VRC? No, I haven't. Oh, um, I actually, I actually, uh, like right when they, or right after they announced the off-road stuff, I went on their site to, um, to order it. I mean, not that I really have the time where, um, I would probably be able to use it much, but, um, you know, I watched some of the little videos and stuff and I know David Jor and a few guys are like really big into it and I'm like, oh, you know, that would, that would kind of be fun. But, um, but no, I haven't, haven't actually played it. Yeah, I, mean, I use it frequently enough that, um, you know, I don't use it that often, but if I get a buddy on there, that's when it's more fun for us. But uh, Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. And it's weird, you know, sometimes you'll you'll come across names, like I've seen Ryan Lutz's name like mm-hmm. in the program. I've never actually seen him in a game, but, you know, when you see names like yours, I'm sure people would be even more excited to say, oh, you know, I ran with, you know, Adam at Silver Dollar. Yeah. You know, there's sitting in Germany somewhere or something. Um, I'm going to add one more just so Gotti has something to to add later on. How often do you practice? Um, I generally try to run uh, Tuesday and Thursday night after work. um, And then I I run every weekend. Um, But that also depends on my travel schedule. Like the last last six weeks or so, um, I've pretty much been on the road. Um, so fly home Monday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm rebuilding and cleaning up my stuff. And then I'm back on the road Thursday or Friday. So I haven't been practicing as much during the week as, as what I do normally. Um, but, uh, my, my normal deal is, to to head out either a couple hours early from work or after work and then go practice uh, Tuesday and Thursday night. We're talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? <laughs> right on cue. There you go, John. Nice. Uh, I don't know. Anything you, else, John? Uh, I mean, I could keep going, but um, I think you, you had a pretty nice truck, right, Adam? What's that? You have a pretty nice truck, right? Yeah, I also have a really beat up truck. Oh, okay. Well, 
you know, that, that used to be something I used to do for a career a long time ago. So my, my last oh, cool. and final question for you would be hydraulics or airbags? Um, I don't have either. Um, uh, probably airbags just cause my buddy has hydraulics and it seems like a compressor or hose or something's always leaking or maybe he's just not a very good mechanic, but, um, oh, no, they it, it just doesn't seem as, as reliable. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for answering my questions. No problem. Anytime. And, Thanks. you know, Thanks. make sure you tell them everything about that new car. <laughs> yeah, will do. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> We're all testing and developing new products. Yeah, thanks for letting us call into the show. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, we're testing this out today. This is the first time. We had some hiccups, but uh, it's going pretty good. Okay, well, so. make sure you get Matt on the phone. Well, we we did uh, we we played his soundbite for Adam. Oh boy. Yeah, you'll 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 hear it on the show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, John. All right, guys, you take care. Yep, yep. One of our 10 listeners, John Bernard, big fan of the show from the very beginning. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks for the question. That was good. So, Jason, you have anything else for Adam? Um, I think that's it, other than, you know, congratulations on all the success. The Nationals, um, TLR, doing super well. Guys uh, um, got almost all the Roar titles this year, so um, good luck to you, and... uh, I'm sure I'll see you here pretty soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, pleasure's all mine. Uh, I appreciate, um, you know, you guys having me on. And any time in the future, uh, I'd love to do it again. Sweet. Great. You want to give a shout-out to anybody out there? Uh, Just, just, uh, you know, all my sponsors, uh, TLR, Novorossi, Proline, Spectrum, High Tech, Upgrade, Lunksford. um, You know, just everyone that's that's helped me over the years. And, um, you know, just just super happy to to be able to still doing what I love and and uh you know being a part of this awesome hobby. Well, thanks for being on the show, Adam. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and we look forward to having you on again for sure. All right. So. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>